0: Name is chris Bear and welcome to another episode of saturday Free. on this episode myself and the guys will be discussing michael Beale's first few days in charge of rangers and today's press conference that was held at ibrox joining me to discuss this is first of all kenny kenny how you doing mate i'm good mate thanks how's you not too bad mate not too bad i'm i'm, I'm fairly optimistic but you know me mate i've probably still got one or two months that i need ironed out but that's just me um also also joining Kenny and I is Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing?
1: Evening. I'm not bad, thanks. I'm just looking forward to football starting again. It's been a long time
0: since there was any on. Hi, definitely. Real football. Um, and finally joining Kenny, Eddie and I is Tom. Tom, how are you, mate?
2: Very well, thank you, mate. Yourself? Not yeah, too. It's just good, good. Good to be back and talk about Rangers again. So, you know, a bit of a break from the World Cup. I think if we look at the kind of um, if, if we touch
0: upon the World Cup at the moment, we look at nationalities. Obviously, can Eddie's- we not? No, no, no. I'm I'm, a bit of, I'm I'm going to do myself dirty here. Obviously, I'm uh, Welsh. <laughs> um, I'm I've uh, I welsh i am i have i do not know if you known us, but I've actually got quite strong German. It's my grand's German, so you know. Um, Kenny, I don't know if you've got any uh, you know horse to back in this World Cup. None. None. <laughs> Absolutely none. So me, so me you know, I'm, it- I'm going with Brazil. Aye, aye. know, but Tom, you you you're still you're still
2: there. No, I'm I'm Scottish, mate. It's the accent. <laughs> With that accent, I'm, a, I'm a, feeling a, nobody, a, mate. You're feeling <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I actually, I actually born and bred, me. I left in six.
0: Eddie, he thinks he's Rod Stewart, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 right, let's get let's get to business. Michael Beale um, has obviously been appointed the Rangers manager, the 18th permanent manager um, in our history. We discussed the, the appointment uh, last week um, on the on the podcast, but obviously we said that we would have a more kind of updated version with some kind of quotes and sound bites and information about his backroom staff. So I'll start with the backroom staff. Um, officially, there's two assistant managers. The first one is Damien Matthew. Um, this guy worked for Charlton, Mulwall, and QPR. With Charlton and Mulwall, he was more in the youth team, but with QPR, he was Beale's right-hand man alongside him at QPR. Um also, Neil Banfield, who joins from QPR, also, but he's probably the most experienced member of the the backroom staff now, um, the whole backroom staff really, if you include everyone that works here, because he spent you know 16 years at Arsenal alongside Arsene Wenger, um, seven seven of those years at Arsenal it was alongside Arsene Wenger, obviously, um, the other eight or nine was was spent in the youth team, um, and he was also part of the QPR backroom staff that came along with uh, Michael Beale. Um, finally, the the QPR raid was complete when Harry Wattland, um came along. He's going to be the set piece coach, um, ex Chelsea, Millwall West Ham youth coach. He was a QPR first team coach, kind of set piece coach there. So he's came along. So we took four from QPR, um, which I don't really mind too much because obviously the, they worked with Bill there, and obviously they'll be familiar with his methodology if you will and there was an announcement today that we have a new head of performance his name is Jack Ed and he arrives from Liverpool Um he was pretty much head of performance for the, the under 23s downwards um, uh, at Liverpool and I, I believe just by kind of reading some stuff about him uh, the very little that I do know about him he actually had some involvement with the first team as well so that would be quite good experience so Jack Aid Jack is sort of kind of your um, Jordan Milsom, if you will. Um, so it's a pretty solid backroom staff. I think that, that Neil Banfield, that's a that's a great appointment because obviously he's got a great pedigree. Damien Matthew, Harry, Harry Watling. I, I didn't know who they were before they came here, so um, I'm not going to even pretend to know who they are now they're here. Uh, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see. I think that we've got a set-piece coach now is a very, very good thing. Um, cause I think it was something that we lacked under Gio, to be honest. Um, and then obviously head of performance, Jackie. That's something that we will see the kind of fruits of his label, possibly not straight away, but certainly the start of next season. Obviously, when there's a few preseason um, under the belts of the players. So it's it's all um, so it's all good stuff really, because as I said, Bill knows all four of these guys, which is what you kind of want. Um, you don't want Bill bringing in guys that he doesn't know. Then he has to obviously build some sort of relationship be, uh, with them behind the scenes, and that, that would just make things more complicated. So it's a kind of seamless uh, transition for Michael Beal, essentially leaving QPR with his backroom staff, and he just has to work with the players now. And as we know, Bill has a fairly good idea what these players can and can't do. Um, Michael Beal confirmed at the press conference today that there probably is going to be one more. Now, we could all speculate who that will be, Kevin Thompson, blah, blah, blah. Um, we don't know at this point. We just have to wait and see. Um, we probably are missing an actual coach uh, in terms of uh, you know general coach that will work with the players day in day out. As Damien and Neil Banfield, obviously they got a kind of a, a really important role linking the players with the with the manager. Um, and obviously Harry Wat- Watling will be predominantly set piece coach, so that would make sense to get one more in. But I, I'll just a quick discussion on that. I'll start with you, Kenny. How, how do you feel the the coaching the, the coaching setup looks in?
3: Oh, it's got plenty of experience, hasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I do think
3: that when you you look at it, uh, the, the Banfield with his experience, uh, even just looking at the videos that uh, the club has put up on Twitter and stuff like that, it's very noisy in comparison to what it had been before. So I, I don't know a great deal about any of them. I know, as you had said, about... Uh, Banfield being at Arsenal under Wenger, but uh, yeah, listen, bring it on. They all seem to have great experience. I know the what's the young boy's name again, Chris? Uh,
0: to be honest, uh, uh there's three... one of
3: them's only 33 or something like uh, yeah. that. Uh, Harry Watling, um, is the... it Watling? Uh, I was reading a little bit about him today, and he's he was 26 when he got his A license which is, he's one of the youngest people ever in England to get it, you know, so,
0: yeah. Uh, it was, in fact, he um, was a manager over in America at one that's of the right, All yeah. division teams um, out with the MLS, so I I, I, I get what you're saying, uh, a young, exciting appointment, um, but you know what, it doesn't come without the experience, he's got the experience there, Chelsea, Millwall, West Ham, working on his own in America, So um, and obviously QPR as well, so he's, he's got some CV for a young guy. He has, very much so. They all have decent CVs, actually.
3: So, as I say, proof will be in the pudding, though. If they can turn this team
0: around, they'll be delighted, mate. Absolutely. Tom, does it worry you that, uh, obviously, you know, there's five guys here, Michael Beale, Damien Matthew, Neil Banfield, Harry Watling, Jack Aid, five guys that didn't play football to any decent standard um, professionally. And obviously this team were unable to take on board what Giovanni Van Bronkost and Roy Mackay were teaching them. Does that worry you slightly? Obviously going from two world class players to guys who have never kicked a ball essentially?
2: Not not really, no. I mean, one of the biggest things I always look at, and you know, if you look at football football management especially, a lot of them, the most successful managers haven't been successful players you know if you look at ferguson for example as a great one at man united he 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 was a good player but it wasn't a great and you know there's an argument if you look at gerard he was such a good player There's some they struggled to transfer their knowledge onto the training pitch you know i you know gerard's mind i could do that without thinking why can't you do that
3: yeah
2: so well, in terms yeah. of that i'm i'm not worried at all by the by the lack of experience foot player football player experience by the coaching staff um Eddie in terms of the new coach
0: that hasn't been appointed yet the, the kind of perspective coach if you will do you feel that that needs to be a more kind of local coach or is that just a myth now the reason I'm asking is obviously Bill he knows Rangers inside out so he has that kind of local knowledge but Matthew Banfield Watlin and Ed they obviously probably they, 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 they'll know of us but they won't totally get what we're all about just yet so do you think that maybe that's the missing piece or, or again is that just one of those favourite things that fans like to romanticise? It's a
1: difficult one really um, it would be nice to have a, a coach come in who knows the club and knows what we're all about but ultimately really what we're looking for is for someone who knows what they're doing on the, the coaching pitch and how they can get that to transfer into the players because we've had people that knew what the club was about numerous times now and seen them fail and and seen backroom staff come in to support other managers who perhaps, like, so for example, obviously um, Gio came in, he knew the club, knew what it was about, didn't work out. On the balance of that, we've got Pedro came in, was obviously never going to be a success, let's face it, but brought in um, JJ who knew the club, knew what it was about, But he wasn't able to transfer that kind of passion and knowledge of Rangers across enough on the the pitch that then led to Pedro being a success. So ultimately, while it would be lovely to have a a coach come in who is well ingrained in the club and knows the history and the traditions, if he's not good enough, he's not good enough. And his previous history is irrelevant.
0: So obviously that's the the backroom stuff. Um, Let's discuss the press conference now. I'm going to have a presumption here, um, that if you're listening to this, you've watched the press conference and you're sort of wanting our reaction to what Michael Beale said or perhaps didn't say, um. So I'm not going to be kind of word for word, quote for quote, give a full transcript of the of the press conference. Um, I've picked out some talking points that me and the guys will discuss, um, and then I'll, I'll get their thoughts on this. So one of the first things is, um. He was sort of asked, what's his long-term, what does long-term success look like for for Michael Beale? What's his sort of target? And uh, he said, get 56 as soon as possible. Um, Tom, this is a guy who gets it. This is a guy who understands Rangers. And this is a guy who's driven by his own ambition. um, And for... A manager to come into the hot seat, and I understand he's a Rangers manager and he should be coming out with his stuff anyway, yada, 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 but he's also a realist. But a manager to come into a hot seat when we're so far behind in the league, and, and I think that is a, a, an accurate way to describe it, because a lot is only nine points three old firm games to go, all that kind of stuff. Celtic are looking pretty um, formidable at the moment. And for him to come out and say it's to get fifty six as soon as possible, you know, that took a bit of balls because he could he could have said get fifty six by the end of next season, but he's he's used a very um, curious terminal by as soon as possible, which suggests to me, don't know about yourself, Tom, but suggests to me that he's not ready to give up the fight just yet.
2: I would like to think he hasn't. He shouldn't, and he shouldn't be coming and saying, you know, coming out in public today saying, I'm looking at next season or the season after to win fifty six. He may, you know, so he's he's done the right thing there.
3: Mm.
2: yeah but um and ultimately it's his job at the end of the day if he come in and, you know he has to win 56 if he doesn't win his 56 he won't have a job to me it's that black and white i
0: uh, no, i think uh, i think Jill proved that that is the case you know if we're not competing in the league um not even a europa got a europa league final is enough to save your job um kenny what did you take about that take take from that sorry uh fr- from 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 Bill's setting the stall out that about 50,
3: 56 right yeah. away yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, uh, I, I think I, I, sorry Ken that's no misquote I mean I never said right away but he said as soon as possible so obviously that's as soon as it's feasibly possible which to me um, and obviously you can give your own interpretation as that that could be the season
3: yeah, yeah I, I, that's what I'm saying I don't think he's given up this season at all I don't think coming in today he can do that obviously but I I I like just about everything. I listen, I've got to be honest, I really like Michael Beale anyway. He, he was the guy I wanted, but um I, I I think he's just very, very positive. He's very, very uh, driven sounding. Uh but everything that he says, he he has a an intent there. Uh and I, I actually think that he will look at that. He he said something about that just at that point when he said we've got a run of games, four or five games before that. And we want to win every one of them, uh, and he, he's just—he's just a positive guy, I think, and he's very, very driven. Chris.
0: Yeah, he absolutely is. Eddie, um, I want to come to you about this particular point because I think you, you can maybe uh, relate to this uh, in a way. Obviously, he asked the question about um, leaving QPR, and the comments he made um, prior to um, rebuffing uh, the Wills approach. How? spoke about loyalty, integrity, the long-term project all this kind of stuff. Um, and and the reasons he gave were both family and professional reasons for coming to Rangers. The professional reasons is obviously he clearly loves the club. He, he knows the club inside out. Um, it would suggest that he's always wanted this job from the minute he landed at Ibrox. But obviously the, the, the family thing is, is, is the more kind of intriguing thing that maybe you can shine a wee bit of, of light on that. Um, maybe more articulate, articulately than, than I can. Um, because obviously you've had some experience of being uprooted and, and moving across the country or this kind of stuff so how, how much of impact does that actually have as a family if you can settle somewhere um, without having to move somewhere else and, and you find a happy place and then you have to go somewhere again after you found that happy place and you move away yet again and, and do you find it hard to adjust and you just want to go back to that place where you were settled and obviously Bill has uh, his two sons were obviously educated in the, the, the Scottish education system so they were settled there and, and he mentioned his daughter was born in Scotland and then he had to bring them back down south and it was essentially he was bringing a Scottish family back down south for him and they didn't settle back in England and, and the whole family wife included just wanted to move back up Um. so could you sort of kind of maybe explain that we bit better how, how that would be as a family dynamic how that pull towards that happy place, which is obviously Glasgow for, for, for the Beal family, how that could have influenced his, his decision. I was
1: wondering where you were going with that at the start. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I ever had any ties to QPR. Where, where are we coming here? Um, no, it, it is a, a very valid point. Um, obviously, I made no kind of um, secret of the fact that I, I'm Welsh and spent my kind of early childhood in Wales. Um, but I, I left When I was um, about 12 years old, I moved up to, well, I went to Belfast first and then moved to Inverness. And it it is, it's really difficult when you're a child and you move. It's not, it's it's hard to describe. It's not like just moving a school. You move into a completely different country. And yeah, we speak the same language and a lot of work culture is the same. It's still massively different, especially at a young age. And you're really kind of impressionable. I mean, my, my accent doesn't give away that I'm Welsh at all, and you, you'll know a lot of people when they move as kind of adults, they never really lose their accent. I, I had to lose my accent. When I moved to Scotland as a teenager, it's it's hard enough being the new person in a school, new person in an area, and getting to learn things without sounding different to everyone else, and that was a, a really hard adjustment and kind of took time to to change the way I spoke and, and try to fit in. So I can imagine being even younger than that. His children will be quite young. Um, everything they knew, everything they would have known, everything everyone they knew their entire lives was based around Glasgow and the way Glasgow is, they would have had friends. They would have, I think, the older ones would have been settled into the school. So to uproot them, to move down first, to Bir- it would have been to Birmingham. Um that they would have been moving them to then have to either move them to London or travel back and forth. That's a lot of pressure on a, a family life when they've al- when he's already got the pr- the pressure that comes along with being a professional football coach and manager. And, and it's a lot to take on. So to have a place where all of the family feels settled and you know, you're going to have job satisfaction working at a club that you already know and one that you have a place in your heart is um, huge. It's, just brilliant! Like he's giving everything for his family whilst also being able to continue his career. So, for me, that's the, that being one of the driving factors in his decision makes complete sense, and I, I'm totally with him and understand. It'll be difficult for the QPR fans um, to really kind of realise that off the bat now, but when I'm sure even the most hardened QPR fan, when they sit down and think about it and how much of an impact on the family life it'll have by being somewhere that they were settled. And being able to see them every day, they'll realise that sometimes personal life, family life is just a little bit bigger than the sporting side of things as well.
0: It's it's actually one of the reasons why I'm still attempting to get one of the kind of um, larger QPR fan sites on here to have a discussion about Michael Beal. I've, I've reached out, they've agreed, but they have kind of went silent on it because that is one of the kind of things that I want to explain to them. Um, I could easily do it over a tweet, I could easily do it you know, over social media, but I'd rather have that you kind know, of open, honest, adult discussion, just so that they realise the point of view that obviously how important that is to Michael Biel, because I, I thought he handled the question very very well actually, because the, the quotes were put to him, which must have been a little bit embarrassing for him um, in a way, because let's be honest, he has made himself look a bit, a, a bit silly, but... At the end of the day, um, that makes me believe his claim, if you will, that this job came out of nowhere. Now, I was a wee bit kind of, I wasn't totally convinced that his visit against Aberdeen um, was as innocent as it looked. I I thought that there was maybe something in that, but the fact that obviously Michael Bailey saying that the job did come out of nowhere and the fact that it was a decision he made for family reasons and stuff like that, I I I'm, I tend to be on his side of the of the truth for that because um I don't think he's a man who would do that to a fellow professional, a fellow uh, football manager. Um obviously being in the stands when Joe's under pressure. I genuinely believe it he was here as a fan. He loves the club, um, which bodes well for us going forward. Um Tom he spoke about the kind of first couple of days training with the players. They've all got a kind of spring in their step. We can see that through the evidence of watching the videos that Rangers are posting on Twitter. Um, he spoke about what needs to be done in terms of getting these players, getting their mojo back, if you will. I know that wasn't a direct quote from, from Michael Beale, but that, that is essentially what he's saying. Um, just giving them no excuses. Their preparation has to be spot on. The tactics have to be clear, concise, but understandable. Um, And he knows himself, um, and he's even admitted it in his press conference, that the players have been underperforming. Um, so, So what do you take of how he's managed the squad in the first couple of days and the approach that he's going to take, which is going to be the first five, six weeks are probably going to be the assessment stage before he moves on to... Doing any surgery,
2: I think the the approach is going to be probably broadly what um, how he approached it to uh, well a year ago before he left. He's going to get us on the front foot. He's going to get the players playing the way he thinks they're capable, which is attacking. That was sort of what, that's yeah. how I've taken it.
0: I, I meant I meant his approach as a manager, not with the playing style. Oh, still. sorry. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. So we're going we're going to come on to that in just a wee second, So I'll get your thoughts on that as well. But um, I'm, I'm talking about maybe his approach to how he's going to manage the team until the window opens. He's obviously he's dubbed this as the assessment stage, where he's going to assess each individual player, how we are as a team. Probably will make his mind up in terms of who needs to who needs to go, who will get new contracts, who will then be let go. Do you think that's the right approach to take, or is it just simply it's the only approach to take because his hands are sort of tied at the moment because the window shut?
2: I think it's hundred percent the right approach to take. You know, he, the fact the window shut is a blessing and a curse. You know, these are the players you've got. I want to play this way. Will it work? Have a go. You know, he's got what two weeks to the next game. Have a run, see see how they're playing. If if it works, if you're going to get results with them, great. If not, he can look to either move them on or. Get players in who can, yeah, absolutely, Kenny.
0: Obviously, the as I said to to Tom there, the, the training videos. It just seems to be nothing but kind of positive vibes. Um, m- me being me, that's both made me happy and pissed me off because uh, that that shows that it was more of an attitude thing than a than an ability thing. with you? Obviously, um, we don't know what Jill's training session training sessions were like, but let's just assume that there were pretty much in line with the character, mundane, a little bit boring, a little bit repetitive. Um, So you can understand why the players were maybe demoralised about that and they've come into a new approach where it's fun at work again. Now, we've all been in work um, and when your work is a lot more fun, you do become more productive and you do become more happy, you do become more enthusiastic, so you can get that side of it. Um, but does this does that worry you in terms of these players can switch it on and off like a light switch and in, in, in regards to how they want to approach being a Rangers player? Uh, it's twofold.
3: That yes and no. Uh, yes, because they've done it over the years. Chris, the five years as uh, this squad's been together, uh, and they do it all the time. They, they do have. Uh, particular pa- parts of a season where they crumble at times but at the same time I would say no because a, a workplace has got to be a happy place doesn't matter if it's football or anywhere else if 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 your employees are are not happy uh, you, you will have a problem and you're talking about the training videos well if you can think back to a year ago it was almost a year ago that Geo actually stopped putting those training videos up he, he stopped putting them up right away, Chris. It was quite a, a strange thing. There was only one or two of them put up, and then they, they stopped. Uh, and Michael Beale was back one day, and they were back up again. Uh, that's that. It's not just the players. I think it's the whole place. Uh, it seems to have perked up a bit uh, right away. And I don't know if it's just a demeanour or... Uh, just an attitude about the place when when Gio was there that just seemed a heavy, heavy place to to be in. Whereas at the minute, I'm quite happy with what he's doing. I've got to be honest, it it looks, uh, those training videos do look very positive. So I'm not overly concerned, apart from the obvious that the squad is perhaps not Quite up to what we hope it, it will be, but that remains to be seen. How how if he can get a tune out of them, basically.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great observation. Actually, it's something that totally passed me by. You're, you're totally right. The, the training videos did stop. It was, um, I, I mean, it didn't stop entirely. There was a, the odd occasion, the odd training video would be released. But um, under Gerard, it, it certainly was more consistent. And as you say, bills in the door one day, and we've had. Four or five clips, you know. What I mean, that's probably more than the whole time Gio was here. Um, yeah, it's
3: as if Gio's told him, "I don't
0: want that." Simple right. as that. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's that's within Gio's right. You know, Gio was a manager, and, and and if he wants something done a particular way, then obviously um, that that has to that has to be um, respected. But um, it's he, he said he said a he said a very curious thing Eddie, for me. Um, I can't remember really the context, but it was asked about Alfredo Morelos and just on the training thing. Um, and we'll come on to, obviously, the, the style of play that he wants, the identity that he wants, and, and perhaps who would fit that identity and that style in terms of personnel. Um, but what is clear uh, from the get-go, and, and we, we will come on to this because it is a, a point that I raised on Twitter about maybe Antonio Cholak might not actually fit into this system, but what is clear for me in terms of Morelos is Bill wants Morelos to stay. Bill wants the best version of Morelos. And the quote that he actually had today, tonight was, I can't remember the context of the question was, um, but Bill actually said, if Morelos trains, if sorry, if Morelos plays the way he's trained the last few days, he will be playing. Um, and that to me is something that we just did not hear under Giovanni van Bronckhorst in terms of how the players trained and their attitude towards training and how that would affect his team selection. Because there's no doubt about it, Gio's team selection was heavily influenced on how they probably trained, but we just had never had any confirmation about that. But but our fans were not stupid. We know that the things that go on behind the scenes has an impact on what happens and the stuff that we can see. Um, but the fact that every single quote he's had about Alfredo Morelos so far um, and it's purely in the context of things of how Morelos has performed in training and how his attitude has been since Bale has come back to the club, albeit it's been less than a week, but it's he it, it, it has given that his context. It all points to he wants him to be the main man again. Would, would you agree with that, today or, or or do you think he's just trying to rehabilitate Morelos a little bit?
1: So I think the context of the question he, he was asked about um, Morelos' fitness um, And the the person asking the question pointed out he's obviously not been in great shape this season. The answer he gave, I'm I'm happy with the answer because he's right. If we can get a Morelos that plays the way he did in um, the 55 season, then we've got one of the best strikers in Europe on our hands at that point. And if Beal coming back in is what's needed to spark Morelos, then great. Although still leaves me with a bit of questions then around Morelos' professionalism but I don't know what the working environment was for Morelos under Geo so perhaps that was a strained relationship and that's what's led to the last kind of three months um, kind of downturn in form but if, if Beal can come in and he can get Morelos back to the way he was a couple of seasons ago then I'll be absolutely delighted because he was at, at times he was just unplayable and that would be great and even better, I, I mean, I'm not expecting this, but even better if he can play him alongside signing of the season, Antonio
0: Cholak. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah I'll, take it, I'll take it on, don't you? Um, Kenny, obviously, um, he's been asked what his approach is going to be to to the game, um, and how he sees Rangers being, um, and how, how he sees Rangers taken to the field in terms of their style, and he's been pretty open about it, saying that he wants exciting attacking football, he wants to realign with the fans, he wants to get the fans back inside, he wants to be in the front foot, he's used phrases like taking the handbrake off, um, players expressing themselves, um, and he just wants to get an identity um, as, as quick as he can, so that you know there, there will be times, obviously, in the next couple of months, where we will have maybe, I don't want to say a bad run of form, but one game where we maybe just don't get that break that we need, but at least the fans can go, right, we can see what we were trying to do, we can see how we were trying to play, and it just it just came down to bad luck in the end. That happens, we can accept that, but under Geo, obviously, we couldn't see what we were trying to do. We were dropping points, and because we didn't have that identity under Geo, that, that caused a lot of the issues, but with, with Bill, he's, he's very quickly trying to stamp that identity on the team so that the fans can relate straight away. So, to, to me, that's going to take a certain type of player because he's not going to put, what was the saying, um, square pegs and round holes. He's not going to be that kind of guy. Um, he will try and utilise what he's got um, at the moment because he's really got no choice, but I think when he has free reign to obviously. And build this team the way it does I think there's there could be quite a few casualties that maybe we're just not expecting to, to be a casualty because obviously uh, the, the one player that we're talking about just now probably is Antonio Cholak who like I have to you know concede probably has been the sign of the season as, as much as it hurts me to say because obviously um, I, I ridiculed Eddie for that but t- to me is as impressive um, as Cholak's uh, goal scoring form has been this year Knowing what I know about Michael Beale, I just don't think he's the sort of striker that that Beale fancies. And so, what basically, what my question is: Do you think there's going to be a lot of players like that who we probably don't see as a problem, but Beale just doesn't fancy because they don't fit his particular style of play?
3: Yes, probably. Uh, I'm not sure Cholak will be one. I think he's uh, he's probably a better player than Cedric Etten, and I think they quite liked him when he was there, but. Um, I think natural selection will 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 happen over the the course of the next few months as well, Chris. Um, there, there, there's a lot of players that are winding down here. You can tell that, you know, the, the likes of the uh, the older players, McGregor and Arfield and Davis, I, I don't expect them to be here. Uh, there will be three or four more that don't particularly want to be here. And then there'll be another three or four that he's decided won't be here uh the one thing i did notice though about what when he said that uh, everybody's going to get a chance chris every single person he is he, he did say that he's going to look into the whites of their eyes or something like that to see if they they want it uh, and if it's not about them it's about rangers he also mentioned how uh when he was asked about the uh, to deviate very slightly but he was asked about the fitness and he said that already, he'd been starting what started to work on them, uh, uh, working in unison. You're know, actually moving it as a team together and stuff like that. So all that will come into it. Uh, if they if they can work to his system, I think they'll all get a great chance. To be honest with you, Chris, uh, I just think, I just as I say, I just think he's he, he, he's very positive about every player, and I've noticed that he's mentioned Morelos and Kent every single time uh, it, that he's been out in front of the press so far or uh, on our TV or whatever. Uh, he's gone he's out of his way to mention that the, the strikers aren't doing enough, which was I, I noticed was quite a telling thing to say. Uh, so we'll wait and see I, 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 in that sense. But I'm not convinced that Cholak won't be there long term but I do tend to understand what you're saying, that I don't think he looks like a Michael Beal player, but he will get a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think every player, regardless of form, attitude um, or or, or fitness, um, will will get a chance, um, at least over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, injuries pending. We've got a few players coming back, but there's still a few players a wee bit away. Um, Tom, things seem more positive now than they did this time last week. 100%,
2: 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't fully on board with getting Beale back, but uh, I'm coming around to the idea now. And yeah, there is a there's a real sense of positivity around the club. And, you know, even the way, as, as I've alluded to, the videos of the players training, it is, yeah, you know, everybody just seems up a little bit of a spring in the step. I think it's a good way to describe it.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much spot on as well. Yeah. Um, Two two final points. Um, the the kind of the last point I, I spoke to David Edgar about, um, which was about Ross Wilson, um, and basically when we wrap that up, this this that will be on the, the end of this podcast. So so st- stay tuned to hear that because it's it's very very interesting. So, um, not to go too far into that because this was a kind of off the camera remark, but I'll, I'll ask each of you your opinion on that. Um, and especially Ross Wilson's sort of performance in front of the camera. Uh, so obviously Stevie from Four Lads um, told, told me um, that, that Wilson um, has has confirmed that that Michael Beale will have final say on all all transfer matters, and Michael Beale will, will be allowed to identify players as well. Um, and both Michael Beale and Ross Wilson were very firm about that. That that's what happened off camera. And as I said, I, I, I speak today with Edgar. More in depth about that, so so just hang on uh, at the end of the podcast to hear that. But also, what what I would really like to discuss with, with you guys is um, obviously Ross Wilson. He, he's one of those guys. I don't mean to be disrespectful to him Um, and I know I've been disrespectful towards him on many occasions but that's just purely the nature of being involved in in professional football. Fans will get irate and fans will say stuff that maybe isn't too kind. I've never really got personal with him, Um, it's more always to do with the job that he's been doing. But one observation that you have to make about Ross Wilson is when, when, when the chips are down, uh, and, I, and I did mention this to David but when, when the chips are down he never ever faces the camera never never faces up to it um, that should be one of his responsibilities because if he's made mistakes that affects the team in the park then he has to answer the questions and I believe that if he'd done that more over the last couple of years he probably would have a wee bit of credit in the bank he would actually probably be more respected by Rangers fans because let's be honest the vast majority of Rangers fans just don't respect the guy um, so when the chips are down he never faces the camera however when there is a a nice positive cheery announcement to be made he's always front and centre I'm thinking Geo press conference I'm thinking Aaron Ramsey I'm thinking obviously today when everything's positive Ross Wilson will come out and and Ross Wilson will will, will speak um, which I just feel is is, is, is it's not good enough you then look at his kind of demeanour today's press conference the way he talks and maybe his facial expressions and stuff like that And, and you can see why a lot of people just get rubbed up the wrong way rightly or wrongly um, but you can understand it. Um, and, and I certainly made the point that, you know, this is an opportunity to actually ask Ross Wilson questions, regardless of the context, it being the manager's first press conference, Ross Wilson is there. So let's ask him the questions because he's not there to just sit next to Michael Beale. He's there to ask questions, uh, to answer questions as well. So I was hoping to hear, especially the, the question of why was Michael Beale not appointed a year ago? And, Lo and behold, it was asked that particular question, although it was a kind of loaded two-part question. And uh, Ross Wilson completely ignored the first part about uh, why Michael Beale wasn't appointed a year ago. And he answered the second part as to why Michael Beale was the ideal candidate now. Um, it's just not good enough. It's just, it's just not good enough. He was asked a question we've all been thinking. And whether he meant it or not, he just completely ignored it and asked the nice easy part. Does that not just sum up Ross Wilson? He's a used car salesman.
1: It's the perfect kind of, he was asked a very valid question. He started out as if he was going to answer it and then he quickly turned it into a completely different topic and smiled as he was saying it and then everybody moved on and nobody even challenged the fact that he actually hadn't bothered to answer the question that was put to him. And I don't know how anyone sitting in the room could have taken away anything ever, then he's done a quick look, a squirrel type reply.
0: Does it annoy you as much as it clearly annoys me? Is, it, is, this, a, is this a Chris Bet problem or is it a, am I capturing the mood here, do you think? No, I think you're definitely
1: capturing the mood. I, I don't think anyone will have been satisfied with that answer. The fans were wanting an answer to that question because it's a very valid question and one that numerous people have asked over the last kind of week while we've been linked with Beal because essentially like you've pointed out previously the money that we brought in by letting Gerard go to Villa has all gone by bringing in the guy that was already in the house anyway it's just a shocking kind of evaluation of his own staff when they were here and for me it's an indictment of the type of Ship that Ross Wilson runs. Yeah, Kenny. What
0: do you make of it?
3: I, I pretty much agree with with what Eddie said there and what you've just said yourself. I, I, he's got to. if you if you sit there and point blank refuse to answer a question or divert the the, the question is what he did more than anything else. I thought it, he's just Eddie's. Uh, summation of it was perfect he's he's like a used car salesman he, he there's something i, I don't I, I don't like saying this person you know personally but he, there's something really quite unlikable about him i don't know what it is uh <laughs> and i don't know if that's a nice thing it's not a nice thing to say but honestly I, 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 there's something about him that I, I there's just, an arrogance about him yeah that yeah there certainly is uh, and as I say, I don't like being personal about it because I've never met the man. He might be a perfectly you know, nice person, I don't know. But no, I, I, you're bang on with that. But any time uh, there is something good to be done, good to, you know, get your picture in the paper on a good day, he's there. Anything that, you know, when... The shits hitting the fan, so to speak. He's nowhere to be to be found, uh, and if he c- becomes a little bit more front and centre, uh, then he might get that sympathy that you were talking about. The only thing that has surprised me is how um, what's the word? Uh, how complimentary Michael Beale's actually been about him. It's really surprised me uh, because. I just don't think he merits it, to be honest with you. But then, as I say, I don't know the inner workings of the football club. And Michael Beale obviously does know that more than me. But, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you, Chris, and Eddie, for that matter.
0: Tom, what do you think about it? What's, what's your take? Can you be a wee bit more positive, or are you pretty much in the camp of
2: all of us? No, I'm in the camp as the rest of you. It was very much it was a politician's answer. Yeah. He said a lot, but just didn't answer anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: no, nah, you're you're pretty you're pretty spot on there, to be honest with you. Um listen, the last thing that we want to talk about is something that I didn't expect us to be talking about. Um we are Rangers Manager's first ever press conference, but here we are. Um listen, I've probably been a wee bit more critical about this than it actually merits. Uh and to be fair to Beal, I don't think Beal really can of meant this as a talking point at all, but you know, Scotland being Scotland and Rangers fans being, um, Rangers fans really, um, I get, and that's not a criticism of Rangers fans at all, it's just that we're a very traditional bunch, we do get excited about stuff um, that probably isn't as exciting to other uh, fans um, of other clubs, but uh, Michael Beale confirmed that the players will return to be wearing um, suits on match days at home. Um, and that's all I said there was nothing as I said there's nothing controversial about that there's nothing big about that there's nothing you know um, I don't even think it's, it was even worth um, going and running with that line but it was probably the most dominant headline from the press conference that the suits will return um, and you've got a lot of people that will ridicule it you've got a lot of people who will be for it you've got a lot of people who will just sort of be oh cool whatever Um I, I think I'm probably in, in, in the last camp there. I'm just sort of like whatever. I can see both sides. I can see why people are excited, but I can also see why people are pissed off. Uh, no, not pissed off, but people are like, right? And what's the what's the big deal here? I um, will start with you, Tom. Is it is it is it a big deal to you? Is it is it something that you're 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 happy to hear? Does it does it does it make a difference by obviously raising the standards? Does will it make a difference to the players in terms of? It'll make them feel more important. Make them feel that, that they're in a more privileged position because it, this is the lines that the the people who are happy about this are coming away with. Whereas I'm sort of like they should feel that anyway,
2: whether they're wearing this suit or not. It was it's a complete non-story to me. I mean, I I couldn't care less if they want to turn up dressed as Mister Blobby. You know, if, you know, for for the for the kids who are listening, Google it. But you know if they want to turn, turn up to turn up to match dressed as Mr Blobby, as long as we're winning I couldn't really care less what they're putting
0: on. Yeah, that's that's that's, how, that's where I'm at. I, I couldn't care less, but they were well, as long as they get three points. But don't get me wrong, if they turned up like Mr Blobby then they get beat then that would be a talking point. But um, it's it's certainly uh, it's, it's certainly it's been blown out of proportion, Kenny.
3: Yeah, it has a little bit, but then again, I'm, I am a bit of an old traditionalist that way, and I am quite happy that I think it's only for the home games, isn't it? They're not going to travel any any distance on it. It's, it you know, with it on and it's just to the home games. Uh, I, I'm quite happy about it, but if, <laughs> at the same time, I'm kind of nonplussed as well. It's, it, it is what it is. I'm delighted that he's doing it. To be fair, I think the tradition, you know, tradition is an important thing, but. If he hadn't bothered, it wouldn't have bothered me the slightest either, to be perfectly honest
0: about it. Well, with the greatest respect, Kenny, um, you're probably the most senior of us all.
3: Yes, I am.
0: Uh, so you're probably the most traditionalist. Um, so I'll ask you, will, in your opinion, will it make a difference to... It's obviously not going to make a difference on the park, but in terms of the the attitude of the players, the standards of the players, the 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 feeling of importance? Will, will any of that be raised by the fact that the attire is going to be different? Yeah, the-
3: I actually think it will. I think uh, partly because that's your gaffer, that's your boss that's, that's telling you to do it. He's mm. going to instil that into them. that the, the traditions of our football club are important. You, you will adhere to them. You will, you know, you will... Do as you're told in that sense and follow that tradition. So yeah, in that sense, I think it might. But then again, uh, that might be that that kind of pink fluffy cloud thing.
1: That
3: <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. But, uh, not really, but I, I'm quite happy about it because, as I say, I am quite a traditionalist that way. So
0: no, no. And and by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Eddie, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah,
1: I don't overly care. I can I can see where Beal's coming from and around that kind of psychology. Yes, wearing the suits isn't going to directly impact the results, but it's about having that mindset. But it doesn't overly bother me. And for the fact that we've just had a new manager announce his first press conference and that's the headline that everyone's running with, it just feels a bit forced and a bit fake to me, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not really something I thought you know would be the talking point. Um, but look, let's just focus on off on field miles uh, and everything seems to be more positive. So I'll just very quickly ask you. Um, I'll will start with you, Kenny. If I asked you last week, are you looking forward to playing hubs? What would you have said? And now I'm asking you this week, are you looking forward to playing hubs? What will you say now?
3: Last week, no. This week, yeah, I am. Uh, but again, I, if you remember what I said last week, I really did want Mick in there because I do think he will. I think he's there long term. Um, if he makes a success of it, I don't see him going anywhere for years, to be honest. Uh, so I'm quite excited about it. The Hibs game, if you'd said to me a week ago, no, thank you. This week, yeah. Quite, quite really looking forward to it, actually. I think... The fact that he's talking about attacking football is a massive, massive bonus after what we've watched over the last couple of months. To be
1: honest,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, same question to you, Eddie.
0: Um,
1: I wasn't that like to be honest. I wasn't really looking forward to it. Now, I'm kind of I'll not see the game because I'll be I'll oh. be flying at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit, a bit disappointed that some. Other part-time fan is going to be using my seat
0: instead of me. I know I'm going to bring my mate. I know. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Tom, if you get your Rangers module back,
2: it never really left. To be honest, I mean, I'm looking forward to it and more now. But I was never, I was, I wasn't looking at the game even a week ago, two weeks ago. Going, oh shit, you know it's Hibs, I'm dreading it. I was right. We can't always be this bad. And that I've been telling myself that for the last two or three months. You know, we'll turn the corner, we'll turn the corner. Now, you know, we've got Michael Beal and he's talking a lot of sense. you know, he's, he's he's talking to a game, so yeah, I'm feeling a lot I'm feeling a lot more positive, but I never felt negative about it, if that makes sense.
0: Well, I think the 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 consensus amongst us four is we are feeling more positive towards the game than we were this time last week not that, not that we were dreading it um, I don't think we were dreading the fact that it was Hibs I think it was just more watching turgid slow mundane performances and watching these players fling the manager under the bus again or it's kind of nonsense that we were sort of thinking that but now that we are feeling more positive towards it I would say that the. That Bill's doing his job correctly so far. Um, he's saying all the right things. He's given his all confidence back. He's he's making his fall in love with the team again because let's be honest, there was a complete disconnect there. There was a fracture there in the relationship, and um, Bill's come in as the sort of marriage counselor and he's preparing it. He's repairing it. He's 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 putting a bandage over some things and he's completely gonna. Um, Whip things out, and uh, well, that, that's just a, a terrible turn of phrase there. But um, he's he's gonna he's gonna replace things that are broken, and and, and we're gonna obviously um, back him in, in, in this journey. So I have to say, it's been like, three four days since he's been on the door, and he's 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 done his job well so far because his job at the moment is talking to us and communicating back to us and telling us his plans and the fact that we're all more galvanized as a support um, it's pretty much job done so yeah um, look we've got Leverkusen coming up literally nobody cares about that I, I think that'll be a very low attendance I, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it I don't I don't I just it's not something that's in the front of my mind at the moment but the real football will return uh, in two weeks and obviously we'll play and. The proof will be in the pudding then. It's all good talking the talk. We need to walk the walk. And if we don't get the three points against Hibs, I don't know how the reaction will be. I don't even want to specu- speculate about it because I hope it doesn't happen. But Michael Beal understands that it's the next game at Rangers is the most important. And... He has to get the three points. And that's the only thing that will keep this momentum going and this positivity going is just by winning football matches. And and Bill understands that. So let's just go on with it and do the job. And you know, Hibs aren't a team to be feared and but Ibrox So yeah, I'm 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 really, really looking forward to it. And um as I said, I'll be there and uh, yeah, it'll be nice. Um As I said, I've spoken to David Edgar uh, 10-15 minutes um, just around the the feeling of the press conference and um, particularly that question about Ross Wilson, what he said off off camera. Um, So some good insight there, so um, just hang on and uh, listen to that if you're interested. But first of all, I'm just going to thank the guys here. Uh, Kenny, thanks very much, mate.
3: Same to yourself, mate. That was a good show. Enjoyed that.
0: Absolutely, nice and positive. Um, Eddie, thanks, mate.
1: No, thank you. It's it's always nice to have a a chat about some positives in Rangers. Yep, absolutely,
2: and uh, finally,
0: Tom. Thank you, mate.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. It was a, a nice uplifting pod for once. So, hopefully, uh, okay, hopefully the first of many. Yep, and um, all
0: it really remains for me. It was it said said for me as obviously. Um, the, the chat with David uh, will come on straight after uh, I I say my bye here or sort of whatever but um please follow like and subscribe uh subscribe to us and all the social medias that we're on uh, we're on Instagram now uh Twitter uh Apple Podcasts uh Spotify and uh Amazon Music uh Eddie, there's an email address now yeah
1: yep it's
0: contact at saturday
1: at three dot co dot all words, no numbers.
0: Um and all this information will be basically in the description. Um, so thanks very much for listening. And here's me talking to David Edgillet from Heart Hi David, how you doing? Um obviously you were at the press conference today. Um what was the kind of the mood like, the atmosphere like?
4: Um it was it was good. It was you know very upbeat, very positive. Um he's obviously people will have seen the press conference and you know he's, he's an interesting guy uh he's obviously very passionate and that comes across but yeah there was a real kind of sense of of you know the staff are obviously happy he's back he was very popular in his time here um and you notice things like that around the club and uh yeah it, it i thought it went very well he said a lot of interesting things he, he had quite a lot of media duties to use a kind of wanky term to to do today because there was a press conference then uh, there were individual bits for uh, written and for Sunday journalists and for broadcast and for fan media so uh, he had a lot to do but he, he, he did it all with, with good grace and um, you could just sense excitement Chris he's just obviously very very excited about it
0: I know you could definitely sense that the, the one thing I have to say about him is obviously see for a guy that's not been that's not really had exposure in front of a camera as much as uh, like Gio or Stephen Gerrard. He seems a very polished operator, doesn't he? He's very confident in himself.
4: Yeah, he is. Um, And again, that's maybe something that although not on the scale of Rangers and only for half a season, that's maybe where the QPR thing is quite useful because he's he's had to do that. You know, he's had to go and do the, the, the press conferences as the front man. Which obviously he's never had to do in his career up till then, but uh, he, he is—he's just very confident, I think, in his own ability. But there is also uh, something somewhere along the line that Rangers has just got under his skin. I mean, it is—it's clear, and your know, constant references to we—and it doesn't feel put on. It's not like he, he, he's remembering to do it the way that your know, managers can sometimes do. It. Uh, he is obviously aware of. 75 percent of the players as as he said himself he knows them um and I, I i think what's been very interesting chris is the way that he's referred already now in the first few days three or four times to players not playing to the level that he knows they're capable of yeah.
3: um
4: and th- that's quite open uh, i asked him in the press conference about fitness because you know, it's always up for debate just on the eye test and just personally, and people are free to disagree. I don't think Rangers have looked as fit this year. Um, I just don't. And people have said, well, we had a long season last season. That's true. But the new players, I think, have looked similar. So it shouldn't have affected them over the last season. And rather than say, oh, no, no, you know, that's not fair. and am sure players, he just said, can't really speak about it. You know, what happened when I wasn't here, Gio, would work a different way to me. But for me, there'll be intensity. There'll be focus on that. Obviously, we can't do a full pre-season right now. But he's brought in a head of performance today. So uh, uh, he's not shied away from stuff. He's been very upbeat, very honest about it. Rather than trying to tell us, uh, Kent Morelos had been a big focus of the question. And rather than trying to tell us, oh, they've been playing brilliantly. He said, you know, they're great lads and I know what they can do. But they can do better than they've been doing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that, because fans know that. Yeah. that it's a challenge to get them playing better, whereas I don't think either it, it's... You know, you can't come out and throw players under the bus because you need them to do your turn. But there's a difference between that and just acknowledging, because I'm sure the players know that they haven't been what they can do. Um, been doing what they can do, sorry. So, yeah, it, it, I've been quite impressed with how he's gone about it, because if I have a pet hate, as you know... Um, Chris, we, we, we've spoken a lot, Funny enough, a good example of it is Belgium today, Roberto Martinez who I personally think is a fraud mm-hmm. and he's a guy that will argue with you that you haven't, you know, like, the match you've just watched wasn't the match you've just watched yeah. um, and I don't like when when managers do that so yeah, I think he's right to come out and, and say they're good players, I like them, they're good lads I'm, I look forward to working with them but uh, they can do better than they've been doing and the, the reality of the situation is, if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be having a new press conference for the new manager, would we?
0: Well, that's it. I mean, I find it very bizarre. that I, I, th- I honestly think this is just a kind of Rangers fans thing, because I don't see it with any other fan base in terms of their split personality, if you will. Um, I've seen a few... Maybe saying that Bill was a little bit disrespectful towards Geo in that press conference, I totally disagree with that. Um, purely on the things that you were saying there about players performing not being good enough, and um, obviously they're not showing what they're capable of. And uh, as you, it, it sort of kind of agreed with your question that fitness hasn't been where it needs to be. Um, but I don't think that's a you know being disrespectful towards Geo. I think that's I'm just telling the truth because we've all been moaning about it all season, and we can't all of a sudden turn that around and say, oh, you can't say that, Michael, because that's been disrespectful to Gio. I I think uh, there was one thing um, that Michael Beale actually said in this press conference, which was coaches are overrated. We give them the roadmap and the players will then have to obviously implement that and and perform. It's up to the players. I think it was more of a, I know it's not been good enough. The players know it's not been good enough. We We all now know what's required to make it better. And I don't think I had anything in terms of, Find digs at Geo at all? Like, is that how
4: you took no, it? I must admit, no, I, I didn't take that at all. Brough it that he was being disrespectful. In fact, a number of times he said about the amazing achievement, and even in the you know the the off camera stuff, he was saying you know they got to the Europa League final, which is incredible for a Scottish team. And uh, no, I, I I I'm surprised at that. I didn't I didn't see that at all. And um, today I just thought it was honest. And not not even brutally honest, just honest yeah. about the situation, because clearly if there hadn't been issues, let's not rewrite history. People weren't exactly storming Paisley Road West when Gio was fired to say exactly. this, this is disgraceful. I mean, there's obviously um, always going to be people uh, who who did want I'm um, given more time and whatnot. But I, you know, I I would tend to agree with things that most fans would say or have been saying to me anyway, which is lack of fitness, lack of quality. Um, I just think he spoke about things that we, as you say, that we've been saying, that, that the team hasn't looked quite as fit as it could be. We're very slow in the way that we play, which is true. And our results back that up. And he said, I want to see more chaos up front. I want to see more forward runs. I want to see the ball released quicker. Um, I want to see the team moving the ball at a higher tempo. Uh, I want to see, you know, less turning back and start again all the time and the team set these aren't things that are controversial, I think. And again, it's not being disrespectful to point them out. I think it would be more disrespectful to the fans had he sat there and said, everything's wonderful and I'm just here because, you know, I don't know, Ross Wilson fancied a change in the manager's office. I think that that to me would be more disrespectful. So, yeah, uh, again, you know, people will take... A, a comment the way that they want to but uh, as I say I'm a wee bit surprised because I, I did, that thought hadn't struck me at all just no, listening
0: to it I have to say I agree with that, I was a wee bit kind of surprised as well but speaking about Ross Wilson this is kind of final question I've got for you um, obviously I tweeted earlier that this is a massive opportunity to have some scrutiny put onto Ross Wilson during this press conference um, because obviously Ross Wilson's not really one for when the chips are down he doesn't face the camera let's just say yeah um, mm-hmm when the chips are up he's always in front of the camera so when everything's positive Ross Wilson is more more than happy to come out and face the questions then um, and he did get questions asked him one in particular about why he wasn't Bill appointed 12 months ago and he very cutely um, glossed over that by answering it but not answering it um, everyone noticed that um, and then Stevie from Four Lads who I know you were with um, I was unable mm. to get to be on tonight no that you were second best, David. I have got you on anyway.
4: Oh, um, uh,
0: Stevie from Four Lads tweeted. I put that question to Ross Wilson and Michael Beale along with fans' concerns given noises from Giovanni van, van Bronckhorst. He then said that this was off-camera questions. Michael Beale assured that he will have final say on everything and his players will be recruited. Ross Wilson also confirmed that is very much Michael Beale's way forward. Very fun from both. Now that is both surprising and pleasing to me. I didn't think that that would be the the relationship. I I thought it was just going to be the status quo, how it's been, Ross Wilson identifies, and then in theory the manager signs off, but the manager doesn't really have a say because they're coming in if Ross Wilson Wilson has identified it. But it seems to me that we're going back to the Gerrard, which was a far more successful policy, if you will. Um, Is that how you took it?
4: Yeah, I mean, one of the things he said right at the start, he, he said, I can't speak to what happened you know, when I wasn't here, he said, but I'll just tell you about what happened when I was here. He said, of all the players that came in, there wasn't one that was forced on us. There wasn't one that arrived that, that we weren't interested in. Uh, and interestingly, Chris, I thought this was quite uh, something that people might might want to hear. When he was asked about working with the players, he said a lot of them had been scouted when I was here. So he was kind of aware of a number of the guys, like Ridvan, he spoke about, and Tillman. He said he, he he was aware of them, you know, that they would potentially be coming in anyway. So that's good. But uh, he said, look, all I know is that when I was part of the management team here, Stephen Gerrard made the decisions on players um, in conjunction with, with Ross Wilson, uh, but it was always Stephen. Stephen would say, you know, I want him, I don't want him, uh, yeah, go for him. It wasn't, uh, and he said, and that'll be the same now. And he said, you know, I, I sat here last week talking to Ross and, and you know, deciding, whether they wanted me to come back and i wanted to come back and that was discussed and it was done inside two minutes it was just yeah you know that that's how it's going to work um and they spoke about you know they're already looking at players for january and uh, that's how it's going you know look, uh, michael Beale said i've I've said there's these guys i want not looked at also said what about these guys that are similar he's like yeah i like them as well get me the info on them and that's how it's going to work but michael Beale said i'll have the final say on players that come in he said look we can't buy ready-made he said we we understand that we don't have the the fee because ready-made costs you 30 40 50 million pounds these days he said so we'll need to to bring in players and work on them and work with them um but <laughs> look proof will be in the pudding you know because ross wilson said something similar last year um when when Gio was coming in. I think what it was that Gio was more used maybe to a, a continental style of it we, we're still quite new in the UK about this whole director football technical director thing um, and one thing Wilson did say was he said that with Gio, what Gio would maybe mean when he said I don't take anything to do with contracts is that he would, they would discuss the player but once they decided to move from Gio wasn't you know, he didn't want to sit with an agent and he didn't want to talk about how much the guy would get in a goal bonus or that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that he was maybe more used to just going about it as well. But Beal is a more intense guy than Gio. Gio was, was naturally is quite a laid-back. He's a lovely man, quite laid-back, quite, you know, lassie fair. Whereas Beal's, I think, a lot more direct, a lot more intense. Um, and that I, I just I don't think it's in his personality, Chris. You know, to to say right, okay, who are these players you're giving me? I just I don't think he said an interesting thing as well. He said, "Look, I'll make decisions here because at the end of the day, it's me that will carry the can if it goes wrong." Yeah. So I'm going to make my own decisions here, and given how it worked when Gerard was there, because you know Gerard, as everybody knows, if if he wanted it, he got it. The club bowed on everything with the exception of they didn't spend money they didn't have, everything else they did. You know, we've mentioned before, everybody knows now the, the flag day last year was such a disappointment because Gerard said, no celebrations, I just want, you know, a flag on and then we play the game. Uh, that's what Beal knows Rangers to be. So I think it, I think that that's kind of what he would expect when he came even to have the discussions that the manager gets the final say. But yeah, yeah. Um, all we can say is what they told us, you know, and that's what they told us. Obviously, time will, will tell us if that's the case. But he just doesn't strike me as a guy that will put up with, as I say, getting four or five guys. He's never he's never come across. I just don't think he's like that, to be honest. I
0: think it's done all perfectly, David I think you know um, they can say all these things, and we've heard some of it before. And obviously, uh, we've heard a lot from Ross Wilson about a lot of different things. Um, but it's the proof is in the pudding and the proof will be 6-12 months from now to see where we are then in comparison to where we are now um, yeah. and, and that's why Ross Wilson for me gets so much criticism because he says these things and then they don't materialise and you're just like why are you saying it then? Like, I think two two things that are sticking out is obviously the AGM last year he said they was very comfortable about the contract situation and then obviously when Gio was appointed manager he also said that every penny of player sales will be reinvested into the playing squad and and both those things really haven't materialised the way that maybe the fans expected to materialise, don't get me wrong, we weren't expecting the full £25 for Lassie to be put into the playing squad, but I think we were still expecting a wee bit more than we got so um, you're absolutely right what what, um, Wilson and Bill for that matter said today it doesn't really matter because all that matters is they put this kind of plan into action going forward
4: Yeah, 100% and Anyone can sit and say words and nice words and and communicate well, and that's great, but, you know, know, as I say, I haven't met any Rangers fan that that didn't like him, didn't think he was a good bloke, but it was results. And results weren't up to... to, And the football was, let's not kid ourselves here, the football was pretty rotten to watch. So with even results, there was nothing there for us all to hang on to. So, yeah, look... he knows the job, he knows the job. What he did say, I think this is an interesting thing, is he said, you know, this is a squad that achieved these remarkable things last season. He said, so this idea that this club is broken, he said, that's just nonsense. He goes, and I understand people who are close to it, very emotional, maybe get caught up in the highs and lows, just what you were saying there, Chris, about, you know, split personalities. He said, but there's a lot to work with here. Again, he said, and I mentioned this, players not performing at the level they should be, they can do he expects from them, that's a different thing to these players are useless and can't do anything um, and I think that you know we, we'll, we'll hopefully see that but he, he said a very interesting thing which was that I know what we need right now um, and I know how we need to play right now because of the mood of the fans so there's a certain way that we need to play to get them excited again and get them falling into it he said and that might change in a couple of months when you know uh, hopefully if we're where i want us to be then we'll be able to look at doing different things that's where the kind of we speak about somebody with the knowledge of the club that's where his three and a half years at Rangers comes in useful because yeah. he gets right now the fans were kind of sick of watching the, the dull you know slow repetitive passing football and he, he gets that Players have got to go out and excite them and do something. So he said, I'm telling the players, just to that comment that you mentioned about um, it's the players that need to do it. I'm telling the players what the fans need from them, right? Not expect what the fans need from them. Um, And I'm going to send them out there to deliver that. It's then down to them to deliver that. Uh, So, you know, look, I'm excited for the Hibs game. And I'm not sure I would have been quite as excited uh, had we just continued the way that we're going. But he's—he's—you he's, he's, he's you know—I think that there was maybe a wee bit because we hadn't heard from him much before uh, when he was here. There was a perception that he was maybe quite a quiet guy, um and quite you know, just a bit of a wallflower. I and mean, he's not right. Very nice, very personable guy, but very, very single-minded and very determined. And you know, speaking to some of the players, they're like, oh, he, Mick gives you a bollocking, <laughs> you know, like when he was here before, they were like, you know, uh, don't don't think that he's the, the kind of guy that will just be, that he was the player's pal, that wasn't him, that was McAllister, you know, that kind of traditional assistant manager, the good cop to the manager, and he said again today, he said, you know, me and Stephen weren't the player's friends, we're not the player's friends, he said, you know, I get on with them and you know, I'm proud of them and some of them I've known since they were very young. But, you know, I'm I'm not going socialising with the players. I need them to work for me and I'm Amber Gaffer. And I thought well, that's quite interesting.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I think that's the best way to describe this appointment. It's very interesting, it's very intriguing. Um and it's gave it's gave the fans that, that buzz again, as you say. We're actually looking forward to to yeah. read again and that's that's all we can really ask for at this stage. Um it's, we, we don't know how the season's going to end. We think we know how the season's going to end. Uh, but all we can really do is just look forward to going to the football again, getting three points every week, and then the rest will take care of itself. But, um, the lesson... oh, see,
4: if, see if we start winning, buddy, you, you and I both know that's the only thing that lifts moods, it changes minds, it makes us happy. Just start getting one game at a time again, you know? Let's just three points against Hibs and then we'll move on to the one after it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but listen, next time you're on this night, what they would uh, hopefully we're talking about a, a, a <laughs> good victory and a good run of form and everything's all rosy. So fingers um,
4: crossed. A pleasure, mate. A pleasure.